Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. one of those late night online shopping sprees that you just knew you'd regret in the morning? 
Listen to this. Our inner state of mind is so instrumental in shaping what we do and how we do it that if we don't manage our own mind and emotions in a healthy way, it's almost impossible to make healthy choices. These are powerful words by our guest, Dr. Cortland Dahl. Keep listening to find out how you can train your mind to step into financial well-being. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Today is World Meditation Day. Now, before you go on a hunt for crystals and candles, I want to tell you that meditation isn't about sitting on a cushion in a dark room. Think about this, though. Meditation is to the mind what exercise is to the body. Think of it like mental training. Meditation helps activate this area of your brain that controls self-regulation. This helps with impulse control. Hello, those late night shopping sprees, staying focused, and so much more. And meditation for me has been a game changer over the last few years. I notice changes in my body, my mind, behavior, patterns, things that I have never been able to develop before. So what does this all have to do with money? Good question. Dr. Cortland Dahl, or Court, is the Chief Contemplative Officer at Healthy Minds Innovation and a research scientist at the Center for Healthy Minds. He's also the creator and voice of the free app Healthy Minds Program. He's pretty smart, and he's got a lot to say in this episode about the power of your mind, the benefits of meditation, and how meditation can help you redefine your definition of happiness and success when it comes to money. If you're someone who has been stuck in this equation of what life should be minus what life actually is equals how much your life might suck at a given moment, Court has some amazing words of wisdom that will transform your life and your money in this episode. Let's jump in. We're talking about meditation, uh, a subject that probably a few years ago, I certainly wouldn't touch on this show, but I have been meditating myself for about two years now, and it it really has been life-changing for me. And so I know particularly about areas in my life where maybe I've had anxiety, particularly money is one of those areas. Meditation has really helped me have some sort of peace and um you know, maybe relax a little bit of my anxiety. And I know people come to meditation all all different ways and, and you're really the expert. So I'd love to just start out if you could share a little bit about like the benefits of meditation. Why why should someone even consider meditation? That's a great question. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about even the word meditation. I think one simple way to understand meditation is that meditation is really to the mind what exercise is to the body. It's really mm. just training the mind. Uh, and like there are many forms of exercise, they all do different things. They all boost your health and strengthen the immune system, but they do it in different ways. There are many different kinds of meditation. So they have different benefits. They do different things. They even activate different brain networks. So the research we do at the Center for Healthy Minds at UW-Madison, which is where I work, uh, we've looked at a number of different kinds of meditation, and, and we actually see that they they really activate different parts of the brain. But wow. it, to sum up a lot of the research, just to say one very simple thing about the benefits, I would say that really the key benefit is 
that all these various forms of meditation in one way, shape, or form are really helping us strengthen the capacity for self-regulation. We just Mm -hmm. aren't better able to manage our thoughts and emotions and impulses. Yeah. I, I, tell me a little bit about that, like the idea of, of self-regulation, because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, well, I, I mean, isn't that what I do every day anyway? But I think there's like a deeper uh, neuroscience that's happening in our brains when we when we do things like like meditate. I'd love to hear from you. Like what's actually happening yeah, it's a great question. So for those of you who have meditated, you've, you yourself probably have experienced this. The first thing you realize is that we have a lot less control over our own <laughs> mental state than we like to think we do. Even something very simple, you know, probably the most common form of meditation is to uh, bring awareness to the breath. So you just sit down and you pay attention to your breath. It sounds like the simplest thing in the world. You know, it sounds like anybody should be able to do it. But if you actually try to do it, it's really hard. Yes. Uh, not. It's not easy. It's surprisingly difficult. And that's a simple form of meditation. There are ones that are much more complex than that. So, you know, the, when you try to train your mind, um, you know, again, to use the, the, the exercise analogy, it's, it's like imagine you've never worked out a day in your life and you suddenly go to the gym. And you might have thought you were in good shape before you hit the treadmill for the first time, but you realize pretty quick there's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> and maybe so, a lot of pain yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of yeah, a lot of yeah, it's a pretty steep learning curve. It's very humbling. But really, you know, what meditation is doing, you know, with the caveat that there's many forms of meditation, really to do any form of mental training, which is what meditation is, you need to activate uh a network in the brain called the central executive network. This is the network that allows for self-regulation. So if you want the capacity to notice an unhealthy impulse before you blindly follow it, you need to be able to activate that network. If you want Mm -hmm. to be able to stay focused at work or to simply be a good listener with a friend, you need to be able to activate this network. So really, you're just strengthening this network in the brain and this capacity that we all have, but that is kind of underdeveloped most of the time to really be in the driver's seat of your own mind. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So I'm also thinking about, like, particularly when we talk about money, I'm a big advocate of talking about the the mind piece, the mindset piece, because I really think it's probably like 80% of how we create change is, is in the mind and 20%, maybe even less is the actual like technique uh, around money, like tools, tips, those sorts of things. So uh, how powerful is the mind when it comes to things like that, when it comes to decision-making or, uh, you know, forming habits and things like that? Yeah, I think what you, what you mentioned is, is right on the money. It, you know, the mind, our mental state, our emotional state is, is really everything, even for something that might be seemingly about our, our behavior in the world, uh, making choices about money or about our health or any of these things. Our inner state of mind is so uh, instrumental in shaping what we do and how we do it that if we don't uh, manage our own mind and emotions uh, in a healthy way, it's almost impossible to make healthy choices. Again, you know, in this case Mm. with our financial health. So, I mean, I think most of us know this from our personal experience when we oftentimes make the worst choices. Uh, and do things that might even be destructive at times. It's driven by our emotions. You know, we might be having a really 
hard day and we go out and just buy something that we don't need or we eat too much or whatever our coping behaviors might be. So really, even if we're thinking about things like our financial health um, and making good decisions, we really uh, need to focus on our mental state. And the science really backs that up. It's really critical to decision making uh, and a whole range of kind of healthy behaviors. Yeah. So kind of putting putting those puzzle pieces together, when we think about meditation, how could meditation help us in whether it's money or relationships or career or maybe any other area of our life that we really want to better, how could meditation practically provide some benefits? Yeah, there's a few ways that I think it could um, make a huge difference. Um, the first is simply that when we learn to train our mind in this way, as we do with meditation, you really start to to tap into a source of well-being that is not so tied to external circumstances. So we mm -hmm. start equating our own happiness or success less with what we have or success in an outer sense. And we just start feeling more comfortable with ourselves. We feel more comfortable in our own skin. We might just feel a little bit more content. And so we're 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 just a little less needy, you could say. We don't have um, you know, um looking to the world to fill us up, so to speak. Um, so I think it just gives us a sense of contentment that often eludes us uh, in everyday life and that can prompt all sorts of behaviors, you know, which right. oftentimes do influence, you know, our, our financial habits and so on. Um, and then the other piece of this uh, that's related, but a little bit different is just straight up impulse control. <laughs> um, you know, just the ability to notice an impulse to see the, you know, the drive in a moment, the, the impulse to do something, to buy something, to make some decision, and to be able to step back and notice it before we're immediately thrown into the, the behavior is just a, a critically important skill to have. Um, so there's a whole range of, of benefits, but I'd say, you know, when it comes to our, to, to money and financial health, I would say those are some of the really the, the key, uh, yeah. key piece, pieces to have in place. I think that's so, uh, it's just so fascinating to me because it, it feels like w when we talk about it, it feels like things that should just be, well, yeah, of course we do that. Like, of course we don't lean into the impulses or of course we have a healthy mind around certain things, but the actual like practicality of it <laughs> is usually not the case. And I, I just think it's so, it's so fascinating when we're when we're talking about the mind, it's like we've been in our bodies for however long we've been alive. We should be able to do these things maybe a little bit better. And yet I find as I go through more life, like this actually gets more complicated. It's not, yeah, these things are not easy. You know, we start with little kids, something as simple as uh, you know, being able to pay attention, you know, parents and teachers tell their kids all the time, just pay attention. Why aren't you staying focused as though we just flip a switch and we do it. But not only, you know, is that difficult, generally speaking, and probably has been throughout human history, but we have a whole economy that is now built on manipulating our attention our, and our emotions. Yeah. So it was never easy, but now the world is, is basically a setup to control our impulses and our thoughts and our emotions and our attention. So this stuff was always challenging, but now it's, it's just absolutely critical for our well-being to be able to, 
to take back the reins of our own inner experience. Because there are people, some of the brightest people in the world are being paid to, to, you know, to try to have you to trigger the right emotions at the right time. Seriously. I mean, it's, it just, you know, everything feels like clickbait these days and uh, you're, you're so right. So, uh, I mean, obviously meditation is, is one of those tools to kind of take back the reins, but are, are there any other tips about how we could, how we could do that? Like more things that we could do? Well, you know, with meditation, it can sound really intimidating to people. Um, I think another thing, another misconception um, is that, you know, you need to, you need to have a, you know, close the shades, put on some candles and incense and have, you know, a couple hours in a warm bath or something to, you know, get everything just right. But meditation is actually something you can do anytime and anywhere. It literally could be, you know, if you're walking from one meeting to another in a busy day, and you bring some intentionality to what's happening in your own mind. So maybe it's, again, you just bring your awareness to uh, the movement of your breath. You take a few calming breaths and and take a moment to reboot. Or it could be a different form of meditation. You could go back to something around your values and a sense of purpose. Why am I, why am I even doing this work? What's mm-hmm. really meaningful and valuable here? And then go into that next meeting having you know reconnected with what's truly important to you. So again, it could just be a moment. And when you add these moments up, essentially what we're doing is we're activating brain states for a few moments at a time. But over time, those brain states eventually turn into enduring traits. If you do them enough, it becomes your new baseline. So again, this could be really simple. Sitting meditation, you know, taking time out of your day can help. It can be really powerful, but that's not the only way to do it. There's many ways to meditate, uh, even in a very busy life. So there isn't necessarily a right or wrong way, right? We don't have to sit still necessarily or lay down or like you say, you know, light candles and take a warm bath. Like there isn't a right or wrong way. There there really isn't, you know, and you see all these images, you know, you see some somebody meditating on a magazine cover and it looks like they're all blissed out and peaceful. <laughs> and then people meditate and they realize, wow, I can't even focus my breath for 30 <laughs> seconds without right? my mind wandering all over the place. And you think, I'm just not cut out for this. I mean, I can't count how many times people have said, I, you know, I tried to meditate and I was just too distracted. So I stopped. And that's like saying, you know, I was going to work out, but I tried and I got tired. You know, that right. the, the whole point is the mind is untrained. So it's completely normal. But as you said, um, there are, there's really no wrong way to do it. There's many ways to meditate. Um, and it's just, you know, looking around and finding a way that resonates and knowing that it just takes time, a little time, a little patience, a little self-compassion, but the, the changes could be profound if you stick with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I could put an exclamation mark on that sentence for me personally. Uh, and, and it feels like everywhere we look, people are talking about mindfulness and meditation. There's a lot of great apps that are out there. What do you think is stirring the pot again in, in, a, in a really good way, but to have all of these conversations about mental health and mindfulness and, and meditation? Well, I think certainly part of it has got to be that individually and collectively as a society, we just need help. You know, there, there has been an emerging mental health crisis, even before the pandemic, um, levels of anxiety, levels of depression, levels of attention-related disorders were really, 
you know, at epidemic levels. And as a result of the pandemic, they've even just gone through the roof. So we, although externally um, have developed economically, certainly technology, in terms of our inner well-being and our mental health, uh, it's really been in steady decline. And we all feel that, you know, I think we all feel how pulled into our devices we are all the time, how difficult it is to stay distracted, to stay focused and to not be distracted. And so I think we just feel this viscerally, you know, we can feel it in our lives and we see the effects and people are just looking uh, for help. So I think it's that. And I think there's also um, a, a, a lot of growing scientific research that helps people see that this doesn't have to be some new agey woo woo thing. Like you can be anybody, you can be an atheist, you can be Christian, you can be Buddhist, you can be whatever you want. And anybody can really benefit from this. It's not, doesn't have to be a religious or spiritual thing. It's really just a way to care for the mind and to care for the brain. Mm, I like that to care for the mind and the brain. Uh, curious, like when when did your love for meditating start? Have you been a, a long time meditator? The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters, and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. 
Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 3.5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com today. Ramp.com slash today. R-A-M-P.com slash today. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I've I've really meditated my entire adult life. Um, you know, I started almost uh, close to 30 years ago now. I was just starting university. For me, what really prompted me to to begin meditating was anxiety. I had yeah. had been, you know, an anxious, restless kid, and I got to college and I was just overwhelmed. And in particular, s- the social stuff for me was really challenging. Going into parties and making friends, not knowing anybody. Um, I had a phobia of public speaking. I would completely lose it, even at the idea of having to give <laughs> a presentation in class. And it just got really bad. The anxiety yeah. got really intense. And that that is what prompted me uh, for my own, you know, personal journey to uh, to learn to meditate. Um, but then I got interested in scientifically, you know, and have studied meditation as a scientist. And um, but it's always been driven by uh, that personal interest and, um, you know, just wanting to understand how, how it works. I had seen it work for me, but really just wanting to understand yeah, what's yeah. going on in the, the body, the mind, the brain when we do these practices. 
So yeah, I, from from like a science standpoint, when we meditate, like if you're looking at somebody's brain, like are you seeing these different sectors of the brain either turn on or turn off? Yeah, you know, the way neuroscience works, I mean, there's different ways to measure brain activity. A lot of the work that we do at the Center for Healthy Minds is what we call brain imaging. So like a, an fMRI, putting people in a scanner. Um, and typically, it, it takes a lot of very complex um, statistical analysis to, to see the, sort of the signals that emerge from that. So typically, you you study groups of people and you you see the patterns that emerge across those groups of people. But there have been times when um, in our research, and uh, Dr. Richard Davidson, who's the founder of our center in particular, who's one of the, the pioneers in this field, where they've done um, research and actually seen visibly to the naked eye changes in brain activity that usually you only detect, you know, after analyzing a lot of data. Mm. Um, and that was that work in particular was with very advanced meditators and some very unique patterns of brain activity that had never been documented uh, before. So I think that's another really cool thing about this area of research is that it shows the promise of these practices in, in really deeply transforming not only how the mind works, but even how the brain operates and that there are you know, levels of brain activity and mental states that, that really are far beyond what we normally think of as possible. Right. Yeah. We, it's, it's like we live in our bodies and it's hard to believe sometimes that the brain is as complex as it is. And yet sometimes you think like, I have this negative or not even negative. You could just be, I have this thought pattern that just keeps coming up over and over again. Like, why is this happening? Why can't I control this? And then when you step back and think about just the science of how we're made, it's, it's no wonder that it's all very complex. Yeah, I mean the brain, you know, is is certainly one of the most complex things in the, you know, in the universe. The complexity of the brain is just staggering. The number of neurons, the number of connections within the brain and just the the complexity of how it's dynamically changing all the time in response to experience. So it's certainly true. Um in many ways that is precisely the capacity that practices like meditation are harnessing. It's the fact that the brain is dynamically changing all the time. It's not just fixed to operate in any one way. So you can kind of point, exactly. You can, you know, and I'd be still an anxious mess if that was true, right? I would be right there with you. (laughs) Right. So that's the hopeful thing. It's that we're not, it's not, we're not genetically or neurally hardwired to be any particular way. We actually can, can strengthen these capacities that we all have by training our minds. And I know at the the Center for Healthy Minds, you guys are you guys are doing some really cool things, uh, and you're focused on, as you said, this idea of well being. And I, you know, again, I think that's one of those those words or those sayings that we hear a lot. But what does well being really mean? Well, the the obvious thing to say is that well being is extremely complex. So you could say that well, you know, you can have financial health and well-being you can have physical health and well-being you can even talk about well-being in terms of relationships so the work we do focuses very specifically on mental well-being or psychological well-being uh, and even there it's complex and there's lots of influences on our mental and emotional state and whether or not we feel um you know that we're at our best or we're really struggling um 
But I think one way to look, maybe the first thing to say is that happiness and well-being are not the same thing. Happiness mm. is just about positive feelings. And that's part of well-being. Of course, we want to have positive emotions and feelings from time to time. But well-being can show up differently in different situations. If you're with a friend who is really having a hard time, the response, the appropriate response isn't happiness, right? It's to be empathetic. It's to be caring. And that's how well-being shows up in a circumstance like that. So we really think about well-being um, in terms of the qualities of mind that cut across a range of human experiences. And so we have, we've developed a scientific model based on decades of research that focuses on four main dimensions of well-being. These are what we call the four pillars of, uh, of a healthy mind or the four pillars of well-being. I'd love to hear what those four pillars are. So the shorthand for them uh, is awareness, connection, insight, and purpose. So around our center, everybody says ACIP, A-C-I-P. So it's awareness, connection, insight, and purpose. And there's a lot to say about each of those, but the, each of these is really, um, when they're fully present, these are moments when we're resilient, when we feel like we're at our best. And when these maybe uh, dip and are not as strong, these are oftentimes when we are struggling. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It's interesting. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Interesting too, you brought up the word happy. And I threw out uh, to to my listeners that I was going to be chatting with you. And I asked if anybody had any questions. And I had the same question in various forms, but basically the same thing show up 
numerous times. And I thought this would be interesting to throw out to you because I think we all, uh, particularly when we talk about emotions, we tend to think happy, sad, angry, maybe anxiety, but or fear, but not not a huge range of emotions. But happiness always comes up. And a lot of people asked, is it possible to be happier even if my situation never changes? My career or my money or my relationship situation never changes. Like, can I actually be happier and can I use meditation to get to that point? I, I would say absolutely yes. I mean, first I can answer, you know, just my personal experience, which, as I mentioned earlier, was part of what prompted me on on my own journey, which was that I, you know, when I was younger and first began uh, beginning to meditate, I really equated my uh, sense of happiness and well-being with my circumstances or even with my emotional state. I just kind of felt like, look, I'm an anxious person. I'm just, this is kind of how I am, who I am, and I'm going to be this way. And I don't know if I could be happy like this. I think what meditation did for me personally, and science is beginning to help us understand how how this actually works in the body and the, the brain, is that it it kind of helps us tap into a sense of contentment that isn't really circumstantial. Mm. Um, so even with with financially, you know, our kind of financial situation, actually a huge breakthrough in my own life was um, the beginning of a period that I spent living overseas. I spent almost a decade living uh, in Kathmandu, Nepal, in wow. the foothills of the Himalayas. And I, you know, I came from a background, I, I grew up in Minneapolis in the Midwest, you know, the middle, middle class family. And there was a lot of, you know, in my world, my family, friends, et cetera, that was, a, it was pretty materialistic, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of unconsciously equated a lot of these things, you know, job and income and all this stuff with, um, with my own sense of worth, kind of my own value yeah. as a person. And when I moved over there, um, there was a period of time where I was just living on a shoestring. I was literally sleeping in a sleeping bag on a foam mat on the floor, getting by on very little, uh, very little money. Outwardly, I had nothing. Outwardly, I had none of these markers of success and value, you know, in the modern world. And I was so happy. And it, that was so important for me because I realized that my own sense of uh, well-being was not at all tied to all of these things that I had been brought up to believe that it was, that I could see that actually I, I was flourishing. I was, at, I was thriving. I was doing great. And yet I had none of these things. I had no money. I had no very few belongings with me. I was living this extremely simple lifestyle. And that was a, a, a kind of a turning point for me. And it, I think what it allowed me to do is to shift the focus of my life and say, yeah, of course I need to make a living and need to get my basic needs met. But I didn't, I started to feel like I don't need all of this stuff to, wow. you know, to sort of um, define my life. And I could really focus on what really matters and hopefully just doing something will do some good in the world that will do some good in the world rather than just, you know, yeah. focusing everything on my career and making money. What an amazing perspective to have. So was it hard to kind of come back into this world? <laughs> and uh, like, were you able to to balance that? Like n- now that you had this revelation? You know, it, it's been challenging, but I think what it, I find most challenging is, is less about the, the more materialistic side of things because I don't, 
that that hasn't been quite such an issue. I think the pace of everything mm, is what yeah. what has been hard, even with the work I do and uh, you know the Center for Healthy Minds and you know you'd think if if anywhere was going to have work life balance and you know <laughs> a really sane pace of life, um, you, it would be you know with us and the work we do, but it's hard. It's it's not easy. The pace of the world is just so fast. It's hard not to get to get swept up in that. So that I yeah. would say to this day is is still a challenge. Even trying to be very intentional, you know, about you know the work that I and that we do together, and, and trying to do it in a balanced way. Yeah. No, I appreciate the honesty in sharing that. I think that definitely. It, when you when you say that it's still hard to balance those things, I think it just feels like, oh, okay, I can breathe now because I feel that too. And if you're a neuroscientist who does all this work on it and you still have trouble balancing it, like I can find some relief for myself. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, as we kind of wrap up, uh, if somebody is now even mildly interested in in meditating and starting to meditate, what sort of, you know, apps or resources would you suggest that they start out with? It, it, it's really a golden age to be interested in things like this because it, it's so easy to to get a taste for different ways to meditate in this case. Um, you know, even 10 years ago, it was a totally different ball game. Um so I think there's a few different ways. You know, an obvious one is simply to to poke around in the app store and and find some of the different apps and to try them out. So there's a lot of really great meditation apps out there. You know, we we ourselves developed the Healthy Minds app, which is completely free. That has a range of different practices, not just mindfulness, but it it has a different a range of different practices built on this model of well-being I mentioned. So that's one one thing to check out where well, you can sample uh, kind of a variety of practices. But there's many other apps. You know, there's, of course, Calm and Headspace, which are two of like the, the most well-known apps. 10% Happier is a great app. Um, you know, there's a lot of really, really good apps. So that I always suggest, you know, just to try a few things. And there's no one right way, as you said earlier. It's yeah. really the right way is the one that works best for you. So just try a few things and see what really sparks your uh interest you know and there's other things too there's a million books out there um you know of just you know seeing uh poking around and finding some books or asking friends for recommendations is another good way so those are a few simple ways but it's 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 never been easier to get started well this has been amazing so many great insights I thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to tell everyone listening where they could go to connect with you and, and find out more for the Center of Healthy Minds. Uh, yeah, it's pretty easy. You can you can simply uh, Google uh, Healthy Minds Innovations, which is where you'll find more about the Healthy Minds program, the Healthy Minds program app that I just mentioned. Uh, and if you Google the Center for Healthy Minds, that's where you can learn a lot more about our research um, that we do at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So Healthy Minds Innovations is if you want uh, to get some of these practices and the Center for Healthy Minds if you want to geek out and learn about some of our scientific work. I could totally geek out over the science part of how we make money decisions or really any decision in life. But what I took away from this interview was that we have way more control over our mind and our impulses than we think 
But the key is we have to train it just like a muscle and it doesn't just automatically do what we want it to do. And I think if you really sit and think about that and and how that influences your money and your money decisions, I mean, to me, it is completely mind-blowing. So listen, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead right now, share it with a few friends that you feel really need to hear Court's advice. And as always, you can head to the show notes for all the links that Court mentioned, as well as links to our episode sponsors. 